Come on, man. many of you remember the Batman of the 1960s? That's where I got the idea for the introduction. Welcome, Patriots. It's episode 135 of the Patriot Review, and we are all superheroes in this wonderful landscape that we find ourselves in. Lots of lots of stuff going on around the world. Uh, the, the, the attack on Western civilization is mind-boggling. Uh, we we're living in a country that has had the best system that the world has ever known. We have freedoms that have never been had prior to the United States existing. Um, the only exception is I watched a show called The Last Alas Alaskan uh, last night. The uh, first time I actually ran across it. Maybe you're familiar with it. But, uh, you know, it's families that are up in the the very northern, eastern side of uh, Alaska. And they have permits to, to live in cabins. And uh, once their youngest uh, child dies, then all that land is going to be uh, unoccupied. So it's very interesting to watch them because they are living truly free up there and sustaining themselves, living off the land. Pretty interesting show if you haven't seen that. Uh, meanwhile, in America, all of our so-called uh, representatives, for the most part, that is, seem to be absolutely tone deaf, seem to have a, a mindset of we are the elites, we know better than you do, and we don't care what you say. Not only is it that way, but they don't even care how it looks. And um, I'm going to go to the, the signal right now. And I'm going to tell you about something that makes me scratch my head. Why would we want Hillary Clinton's personal archives? And I and I don't think that that includes the 33,000 emails that she had. Um, I'm saying sarcastically, as President Trump faces bogus charges on uh, having the documents that he had absolutely every right to have. In Hillary Clinton's case, of course, we know that that wasn't the truth. Not only is that not the truth and not the same for her, but... She is also guilty of many other things, whether you talk about Benghazi or you talk about, uh, you know, the uh, the uranium deal. Uh, we've talked about those things on the show before. But so, yes, they're adding the the uh, Hillary Clinton's personal archives section to the presidential center of Bill Clinton. I'd like to know what you think of that. I mean, is that, you know, is that something that uh, interests you in the slightest? I, I know it doesn't interest me whatsoever. I'd rather see her in an orange jumpsuit and uh, occupying some cell space but um, yeah, I don't hold my breath and think that that's going to happen anytime soon in uh, you know another example we have the energy secretary of these United States quietly consulting with China 
days before a highly criticized move. So let's read this for you here. When President Joe Biden's administration released tens of millions of barrels of oil from the U.S. Strategic Reserve, first they contacted the Chinese. Why did the Chinese Communist Party potentially hear it from the Energy Secretary before the American people did? Uh, well, geez, you know, that is the situation that you put yourself in as um, as a sucker who takes money and commits treason by taking money to allow yourself to be beholden to uh, the Chinese empire and to use, I think we should, we should revive Ronald Reagan's term, the evil empire. Because the evil empire is sure shaping up to be the ones that are actually controlling these so-called political leaders uh, in our government today. And I don't think it's just one side of the aisle either. But obviously, I think uh, Biden is uh, more than compromised. And it's showing itself in every aspect of our daily life. Whether it's uh, you know seeing balloons fly across our skies, including over nuclear bases, nuclear arsenals. Uh, or it's something as simple as our, our basic technologies and being dependent on them for, for those and for um, our medications as well, our antibiotics. Uh, we are in a world of hurt because of this. And then we see the lapdogs doing stuff like this. And it's, it's really uh, infuriating. And it's something that um, I, I would think would wake up people. And uh, you know, let them uh, let them understand or make them understand that uh, this stuff is going on, and we're in a world of hurt because of it. Then there is all the deliberate stuff going on, the sabotage uh, of our support systems, the sabotage of the food plants, and I have another one example for you is the sabotage of business. Now tell me that um, chicken demand has actually gone down. Uh, no, that's not the case. It obviously hasn't gone down. As a matter of fact, we've, we're adding so so many people to our population due to the open borders. I would think that, if anything, demand on all types of food is increasing. Yet here we are with Tyson you know, shutting down four chicken plants and uh, a lot of people losing their jobs as a result of this. And I know every one of you is thinking the same thing that I am thinking, and that is that uh, these things are, are being done deliberately. <clears throat> they're tearing down the system right in front of us, and they're putting us all in a position that uh, we've never lived in before. And it's actually going to be much worse than the Depression of the 1930s because we will have uh, no government to try to pull us through this as a country because they don't want to. As a matter of fact, they want to do just the opposite so that they can get the one world government in place, the Agenda 2030 done uh, with the UN, you know, and I firmly believe that. And I'd like to know what you think about that. Um, of course, you know, I know that a lot of you are going to say that, uh, you know, President Trump gets in in 2024 and that will take care of this. Um, the damage is so extensive that, uh, yes, of course, I want President Trump to come back. Uh, but there's going to be a long haul to get to get back to a place that's close to what we had before. And it's going to take a lot of people with a lot of willpower to 
defund the three-letter agencies, like I said and talked about a little bit yesterday. And, uh, of course, so it's going to take a lot of sacrifice on the part of a lot of people. It's also going to take us to stand up and uh, instead of looking for others to do these things for us, we have to do them ourselves. And we'll get to that in the very last segment of the show. Um, so we all have to participate in it, that's my main point. So I'd love for you to comment on that, to comment on those few stories that I showed you. There's all kinds of, of, uh, of examples of what I'm talking about as far as being uh, this administration being toned out and stuff. So uh, I'm going to just bring this up real quick. I'll read you just some of the, let's see, some of the, um, I'll go back to, sorry about this. Uh, let's see. All right, there we go. So when you look at these segments and you look at these stories, I mean, and you see the same thing, absolutely tone deaf. So there's all kinds of stories within here uh, that, you know, here's one, uh, Biden, the Grand Canyon is one of the world's nine wonders. Just showing us that he's really vacant, uh, nothing up there in his head that's that's going on. Um, court records show Hunter Biden received millions from China. Nothing you don't know. Putin's uh, rival Nolini got less jail time than Biden wants for Trump. <laughs> that's gotta that's gotta just blow your mind, right? I mean, I, probably not because you know all this stuff is just kind of uh, what you would expect. Here's another one. DeSantis makes biggest campaign change yet in hopes of jump-starting his presidential uh, campaign. Uh, I'm sorry, but the, that's gone. That's not happening. And look at the you can look at the numbers, and you can look at the fact that you know he threw Trump under the bus for the 2020 election, saying that the election wasn't stolen, and um, that's only going to make his numbers drop further because. Uh, he's now shown himself and exposed himself to be a rhino, basically. So, interesting stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on, and um, I, I'd like to get your thoughts. Like I said, we're going to have part two of my interview with Richard Gage. And, and of course, I'm going to apologize up front because there's some technical issues on the on the video playing side of his interview. And I think it had something to do with, you know, you'll notice that it's when he's playing videos. So, um I don't know if that do the frame rate or what, but uh, you still will get a large part of uh, of the video, and you also get the narration part. So I apologize for that, and we're going to start start that as soon as I come back from this break. we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there, and um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I had to spend a few moments just with Grace alone, and it was, it was just a horrific sight to come upon was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our, our minds and our 
just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that, the color of grace changed. And um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. All right, so you can pick up that Kingdom Fuel at Sherwood.tv slash TPR, Sherwood.tv slash TPR. You can check that out and other products that they have there. Dr. Mark, great guy. I've had him on the show. Want to get him in regularly to, to, to share with us uh, health tips and some other uh, some of viewpoints that he has on what's going on in the world today. So looking forward to that. Um, so yesterday I showed part one of this um this interview with Richard Gage and like I said you know this is um, this is uh, something that many people have said for a long time that this was an inside job and there really is a conspiracy here also one thing I did not mention yesterday is there's a there's also a documentary out there that I watched on Amazon I believe and uh, that had to do with Oklahoma City and there's a lot of uh, a lot of data on that so I'll bring in more information on that uh, just thought of that, but so a lot of people already think that that this was an inside job, and uh, there's a lot of reason to actually think that when you look at the facts and when you uh, hear what Richard has to say. So we were at the point now where he was talking about all of the explosions that we saw, plumes of smoke, uh, and heard uh, from floors much lower than as low as 60 stories below the plane impact point. Uh, showing that there were explosions taking out columns and uh, they basically the government denied that there was explosions and uh, they said that there was no noise and we were talking about that as uh, I as I cut it off yesterday so I will just pick it up from that point how fast is the building falling well we can time it and we can get a visual on the right 
And on the left, we can time it. Here's uh, six seconds, halfway down. Uh, Ten seconds, uh, almost all the way down. In a dozen seconds, the entire structure, all of them, is completely destroyed. And we have to ask ourselves, wait a minute, what was holding up this structure? Uh, by the way, it's coming it's, it's going down at free fall, excuse me, near free fall. That's two thirds of free fall. It's not slowing down when it meets what? Steel, a whole lot of steel, 80,000 tons of steel under the North Tower jet point of jet plane impacts. And so that's more steel than glass on this on this structure. It's absolutely incredible. It's an exoskeleton. What, Jeff? Of course, they, they always bring up the jet fuel as burning the high temperature and all this. But in the case of Building 7, then, I mean, it's a sprinkled building, I'm sure. What well, is the, yeah. what is the excuse no, for No plane the heat? that hit that building. What? And even NIST, by the way, acknowledges that the jet fuel burned up, 90% of it burned up outside the building. The rest was gone in 10 minutes. It's just like lighter fluid. In fact, it's kerosene is what it is. It doesn't burn any hotter than desks or chairs. So NIST themselves uh, took that argument off the table. In fact, the manufacturer of jet fuel, ME Petroleum, says it burns no hotter than 600 degrees Fahrenheit in open air. It needs a jet engine to burn real hot. Uh, and we don't have that, of course, after the planes hit the towers. But we do have the total shattering of the structural steel uh, frame, uh, feature number six of controlled demolition. The NFPA says, look for this, shrapnel effects, high order damage characterized by the shattering of the structure producing small pulverized debris with the building completely demolished, debris thrown great distances. In fact, that's what we have. The debris is thrown, all thrown outside, almost all of it, except a two, three story pile of core columns, perimeter columns, etc outside the perimeter, uh, broken up into its original lengths uh, almost. There's some work the iron workers, of course, had to do. But then we look for the lateral ejection of steel because the NFPA 921 guide says, look for blast pressure wave effects, heavy structural steel pieces freely flying, in fact, embedding themselves into surrounding skyscrapers all around them and destroying the Winter Garden's uh, 500 feet and more, uh, 600 feet away. So these are freely flying structural steel sections weighing four and eight tons ejected laterally out of the towers at 80 miles an hour. Well, look at that one. It's that about hurt. to hit building seven uh, underneath here. Let's go back, back to three. It's, it's being ejected upward and outward at 80 miles an hour. What can do that? What uh, Gravity works down. This is a mm -hmm. natural collapse. The only forces we have at work here, according to the official narrative, are gravity. But this piece uh, is landing uh, already on the Building 7 here. By the way, if 100,000 tons of steel framing is distributed outside the footprint, what's crushing the building? It's not available to crush the building. That's almost that's that's almost half the weight of the building in the steel itself. It's not available to crush the building, and yet 
these fraudulent investigators who wrote the NIST report claim that the, all that weight and more was available to crush the building. Maybe it's the concrete, though. But we look for concrete, and it's missing also. Uh, we have 110 floors, each four and eight inches thick, an acre in size, every one of them. But they're not at the bottom here on the left. In a, on the right, we have a real pancaking collapse mm -hmm. in Mexico. On the left, we have no visible acre size or half acre size floors, not 110, not 50, not 10, not even one. It's missing. Where did the concrete go? Oh, there it, there is. it is. It's pulverized in the towers and ejected in midair. All the photos, all the videos show 90,000 tons of concrete turned into powder, ejected into air and distributed across lower Manhattan in a three inch thick blanket. Three square miles. That's where the concrete is. So if that's where the concrete is, what's crushing the building? Because it wasn't the steel. It's not 90,000 tons of concrete in each building. That's more than three quarters of the weight of the building that's completely not available to crush the building as they fraudulently assumed in their various calculations to try to show the American people how this building was crushed. So surely the evidence was preserved and easily the largest uh, and oops, uh, we'll come back to the destruction of evidence because it was not saved. So uh, I'm shocked. Note. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's pretty incredible. So, uh, we have uh, Leslie Robertson seeing molten metal, a steel, a river of steel flowing. He says, well, wait a minute. How do we get such hot temperatures like that when the fires are diminished at the time of the collapse, indicating a, an oxygen-starved cooler fire uh, by the thick black smoke? So NIST has no evidence for fire temperatures over 500 degrees, in fact. Well, uh, yet we see molten steel beams here. Listen to this fire. The grapplers were, were pulling stuff out, um, big sections of iron that were literally on fire on the other end. They would hit the air and burst into flames. Whoa. Steel beams are not flammable in office fire or jet fuel conditions. What can turn steel beams into dripping molten iron? We can even tell by the color of this dripping molten metal, iron or steel, either way, what its temperature is. Here we're seeing 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit. That is uh, more than twice or three and even four times hotter than most office fires ever get. Hotter than jet fuel ever gets. Remember, 600 degrees Fahrenheit by a factor of four. I don't even know concrete could melt, but concrete melted around this handgun, flowed like lava. It's in the police museum today. Fire temperatures so intense, the concrete melted like lava around everything in its path. So 
with all of this evidence of extreme heat, where is it possibly coming from? We have to do some research. We find that, gosh, uh, thermite would produce uh, a characteristic burn pattern, uh, like the yellow liquid falling out of the tower minutes prior to its collapse. Liquid molten iron is what it turns out to be. Uh, and uh, a, a uh, iron oxide ash that would rise up like we see rising up off of this material. And like we see, by the way, trailing these four-ton structural steel sections, why are they trailing thick white smoke clouds it's it's incredible uh, they're they're not flammable like wood might be um, so what can turn these what can create these temperatures to cause the ends of the steel beams to be evaporate well evaporated we saw earlier and molten iron also uh, is it does it even look like uh, at this point and a collapse or is it more like the volcanic eruption in the Tongan Sea with upward outward uh, arching uh, streamers uh, molten solid objects trailed by thick white smoke clouds and what else was found that can give us a clue in that dust offered to us on a silver platter by the U.S. Geological Survey in their 2005 particle atlas where they studied the dust and found billions of previously molten iron microspheres. I am not kidding. Up to 6% of these samples are previously molten iron microspheres, up to four tons of this and all the dust put together. Uh, some of the samples, uh, are 6% of it. So RJ Lee Group finds that these are formed during the event in their analysis of the dust uh, they're an environmental consulting firm. Uh, they don't know where they came from. The USGS doesn't know where they came from. The EPA doesn't know where they came from, but they call it the signature component used to distinguish World Trade Center dust from common office building dust. Where do they come from? Well, let's do a little experiment. Experiment is the arbiter of competing hypothesis. Here we have controlled experiment with thermite, which produces what look like sparks, but which are actually molten iron droplets, which cool and fall into the pan. Uh, that's just what aerosolized liquids do under uh, explosive conditions. You would have aerosolized molten iron falling on the tops of the cars. Could that be what could explain the toasting of the tops of these cars? Liquid molten iron uh, before it's even cooled in this very high heat event. So if that was evidence, and it is, of ignited thermite, we have to ask ourselves, is there any evidence of unignited thermite? So we have to go to the dust yet again. And there's a team of eight international scientists led by Niels Herrett in Copenhagen. And they do a study of seven independently collected samples and find these red-gray chips. They're curious. They thought they were paint, but they're attracted by a magnet. So high iron content. Interesting. What's that doing there? They do X-ray energy dispersive spectroscopy and find what? 
iron oxide, and aluminum powder, the ingredients of thermite in the paint chips from the World Trade Center. Wow, what's going on here? They get real curious. They zoom in 50,000 times to the red layer, and they find nano-sized particles of iron oxide and aluminum powder at the nanoscale, a thousand times smaller than the diameter of a human hair. This is incredible. Organic material is the matrix or silicon carbon gas, excuse me, uh, silica, oxygen, and carbon. This is responsible for the gas expansion in TNT. So it looks like what they stumbled across here was a super thermite, which has been engineered to become more explosive by Lawrence Livermore Lab and Los Alamos Lab, because at about 758 degrees Celsius Fahrenheit, they ignite in this heater, a differential scanning calorimeter. And what happens when they ignite? Oh my God, they produce 420 degrees Celsius, 758, and they more energy uh, than can be expected, proving it by itself that it's an exothermic reaction, i.e. thermite, thermite or thermite. So what do they produce when they ignite like that? Do you imagine? Molten iron microspheres with the same chemical signature as the molten iron microspheres found in all the World Trade Center dust by the U.S. Geological Survey. It's me, Wayne Alaroot, otherwise known as War. I have a very special announcement for all of you. My hit show, Wayne Alaroot, Raw and Unfiltered, is coming to the brand new station that's taking over the nation, Blessed News Network. God has opened a door in my life to be part of this amazing new Christian conservative network, live every night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on our channel on Roku TV, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and streaming live on the Blessed News iPhone and Android apps. Tune in to watch me drive home the truth and dismantle the fake news narrative with big name nightly guests and exclusive interviews with all the heavy hitters you know and love. Become part of history as we make America godly again and launch the first faith-centered conservative broadcasting network where Jesus Christ is commander-in-chief of all of our stories and where truth and integrity really matter. Join me Monday through Friday on any of our platforms or on the Blessed News website blessed.news 
where you can stream all the shows for free. Or you can sign up for Blessed Plus for even more access to Raw and Unfiltered with me, Wayne Allen Root, the hardest working man in show business. Thank you, and God bless America. Steel News will be joining the Blessed News Network 11 p.m. weeknights. I'm Ann Vandersteel, and I'm very excited to be a part of the programming put together by Jake Lang. Doesn't matter if he's behind bars. He's a January 6th political hero, as far as I'm concerned. And Steel News will be reporting the truth of everything happening, not only in the swamp, but around the world to help you put into context what's really going on so you can make the best decisions for you and your family. Steel News, 11 p.m. on the Blessed News Network. So you see, we know where those molten iron microspheres came from, as if we didn't know. They're found attached to partially ignited red grade chips this is a very unique phenomena that is uh, nowhere else reproduced uh, we because of the extremely small size of this nanoparticle we have uh, an, an almost instantaneous chemical reaction because the surface volume increases exponentially it's not made in a cave in afghanistan this is made only in the most advanced defense contracting laboratories so we know where we might get it uh, in fact, the red layer is unreacted thermitic material incorporating nanotechnology, highly energetic pyrotechnic or explosive material. 25-page peer-reviewed paper in the Bentham Open Chemical Physics Journal here published in 2009, uncontested. Nobody's published their own peer-reviewed paper. So where does that stuff come from? Well, that can be found out by people who want to do a, a good job of it, of uh, researching it. But they, while they're doing that, they should also find out why there were fireproofing upgrades in each of the towers associated with the point of jet plane impacts for each tower. That is an interesting uh, discovery Very. made by Kevin Ryan, uh, who uh, in his, uh, uh, his uh, website, digwithin.net, needs more research. So are you so implying have, there that those fireproofing... Uh so-called upgrades was the, the the plantation of the thermite in these well, particular areas. Certainly needs more investigation because these are liquid applied nanothermite uh, materials. Interesting. Because they're dual layered, right? Red and gray, just like paint when it peels off, you can see right. the different layers. So under a fireproofing upgrade, uh, which there are liquid applied fireproofings, uh, it's possible, yeah, that it could have been applied in that circumstance. So all of this is uh, direct evidence of destruction with explosives, in this case, high-tech incendiaries. None of it can be explained by fire uh, with additional circumstantial and corroborative evidence and testimony, which we show, uh, which we'll show, be showing in our film to the grand jury when we have more time. <laughs> we have 25 episodes in that series. have time to really get into it. Um, we believe, uh, and so do uh, 3,600 architects and engineers, that that is evidence of uh, 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 enough to uh, demand a new investigation into the destruction of all three towers on 9-11. So this evidence is highlighted, by the way, in our brochure. So we encourage everybody to take a look at that. And that's available again, richardgage911.org. Um, right here. So my question would be, if I was a grand jury member, would be, what is the motive? What is the motive? Why would they do this on purpose? 
Well, we have to ask ourselves what happened after 9-11. War, right? Money, war. <laughs> war, enriching uh, uh, the arms industry, the oil industry, the banking industry, the insurance industry, beyond measure. $48 billion in the Pentagon, uh, to the Pentagon alone. Uh, the invasion and the reshaping of the Middle East uh, with the invasion of Afghanistan and Iraq, uh, which ends uh, greatly aided uh, Israel. And uh, the uh, taking over of the opium production in Afghanistan, which the Taliban had shut down and uh, skyrocketed after we kicked uh, them out by UN measures, the taking over of the oil. Well, this is what Eisenhower Iraq. warned about, right? I mean, um, and it's also where the where the current theory that uh, the whole um, the whole UFO admission is is just meant to feed the military industrial complex money and to make us afraid and and to use fear at, just like the terrorism to use fear as a motivator um but one thing i i can't get out of my head i, I talked about on uh, my show today is that you look at the 9-11 and it was a terrible terrible tragedy and three thousand people approximately died and then we fought a war for 20 years at an enormous cost to blood and treasure and, and you know everything else and yet the current administration has allowed the open borders to allow fentanyl to kill 150,000 a year to come across the border and and we as a population just aren't uh, I don't that must not be registering with people and you know I think that in this case you know building 7 in particular it gets hit by some of the debris as you showed but again it doesn't have it's not in the, it doesn't even come close to being in the same category that the towers come into right because it just it didn't it didn't have an impact it didn't you know have jet fuel added to it it didn't it, did, it doesn't meet the definition of what all of the um uh, all of the uh, the naysayers who would criticize you for this for this um would put forth in their own defense, does it? No, no. Uh, the the evidence uh, is is overwhelming. It's irrefutable. Uh, it's scientific. It's con it convinces virtually everyone who sees it, who has any kind of an open mind. And there are some who do not have an open mind. Uh, they they don't have an objective mind. Uh, they're easily influenced uh, by a number of factors, political and financial obligations, for instance, that sway the opinions of leadership in the engineering and architecture industries. So we haven't made uh, much headway in those industries, though we have had great efforts to do so. So uh, we're we're focusing, I'm focusing more on the public at this point uh, to to raise awareness. Uh, so we have 600 presentations around the country in the last 18 years, uh, about equal number of interviews and radio interviews and TV interviews. Uh, so we just can't stop. Um, the new organization that we have is also appealing to the COVID truth movement, mm -hmm. uh, as you've made this uh, tie uh, yourself with today's uh, inter interview presentation that the, the COVID truth movement uh, is uh, largely, I think, unaware of the truth about 9-11. And were they to realize this, they would understand that there's 
a um, number of parallels between these two false flag operations. Uh, I'll just name them. Right. There's 12 parallels that Kevin Ryan came up with of foreknowledge with insider trading, foreknowledge of the events with predictive programming, foreknowledge right. with drills, right? Because people know in advance it's a, it's a uh, planned and executed set of events. There's an abuse of science. There's a climate of fear that's created, a solution developed that's far worse than the original problem. There's false accounts in each case. Uh, by officials. There's extreme control of the narrative. There's no real investigation. Uh, they're stopped short and corrupted. There's an elusive, powerful enemy that's been created in order to deceive people and uh, make them even more afraid, right? The, the virus that you can't touch, uh, you can't see, but you, yeah, you can touch it on an ATM machine without even knowing it, become a super spreader and take it home and kill grandma. So you better not even go see her, right? Better yeah. lock down with masks right. and you better take that shot, which has been proven, of course, to kill more people than the disease ever did. And uh, there's also a control of information and a shifting narrative by top agencies and NGOs. There's media censorship of truth tellers like you and me. And there's implementation, of course, of draconian policies and surveillance, which is another motive to answer your earlier question. We uh, have been given the Patriot Act, the Military Commissions Act, mm -hmm. the National Defense Authorization Act of 2012, in which any of us can be arrested without a right to a lawyer, a trial, a jury. We can even be tortured and assassinated legally, according right. to them. Even with a drone, as Barack Obama used, with no due yep. process to American Against citizens. an American citizen, yeah. Um, so the, it's interesting, too, you mentioned that there's evidence beforehand with the case of COVID, there was all kinds of evidence. There was tabletop exercises specifically for COVID as far back as 2001. There yep. were sales of the, the PCR tests, you know, labeled COVID, COVID tests in the millions before, I think, 2018. Um, you know, and, and, and on and on and on. In the case of the privacy, uh, the Patriot Act in particular, what were they building before the Patriot Act even came in? They were building the largest data center to retain all the data on each one of us, right? And um, yep, Salt Lake City. Yeah. So um, Utah yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. So I appreciate you being on the show. I definitely want to have you back on. Hopefully um, I get my act together and the scheduling works better <laughs> so you don't have to be so patient with me. But um, folks, do take the time to go to richardgage911.org. Check it out. Support the film. We need more documentaries. I will tell you firsthand that documentaries just reach more people um, than the shows do. And, you know, so I, I uh, encourage you all to go and contribute to that, please, because we need to keep putting the truth out there. And if there's any blessing, Richard, to today and what's going on today, it's that people are turning away from legacy, or legacy media in droves. And more and more people are are turning to alternative uh, news sources and and shows like mine and shows that you've been on for sure. And uh, so that's a good that's a good part. That's a blessing. I think that that's happening. But um, yeah, I think people are waking up. They are, aren't they? They're the whole the whole normalcy bias is has been challenged to the point where it's not deniable any it's not deniable anymore. There's all yeah. there's so much information. So. I'm going to give you the last minute here to wrap up and just say what you'd like to say. And um, I definitely look forward to having you back. 
Thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate that. And uh, when we do come back, we can go into detail on these parallels between 9-11 and COVID because that's a altogether a three-hour presentation, which we can do in an hour. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting skilled at paring it down to the essentials these days. I encourage everybody to uh, share the detailed information with your friends and relatives and coworkers all across the country because uh, we are losing our country uh, fast. Uh, the Jeff asked what happened as a result of 9-11, of, of who, who benefited? Well, when we talk about who benefited, we see how fast we're losing our country because of what they're doing to us on the, uh, the back end of these false flag operations. Uh, and so uh, look at, for the documentaries, which you can share uh, at richardgage911.org. And one of them is 9-11 Explosive Evidence Experts Speak Out. It's an hour long. Uh, you can share it and uh, anybody will be convinced, even those who of your friends who are skeptical, if you can get them to watch it. Well, that's great advice. Thank you so much for that. And thanks for being on the show, folks. Please uh, keep Richard and, and uh, every truth seeker and every truth provider in your prayers because uh, it's becoming more and more a state of fact that that, that people who are doing this are targeted in, um, in some way. So appreciate you being here. God bless you, Richard. And we will look forward to seeing you again. Thank you so much, Jeff. Appreciate it. So there you have it. What do you think? Inside job or not? I'm uh, definitely saying inside job. You know, that took me a long time to get there because uh, as we stood around and we were glued to our television screens, we were, we were watching 9-11 happen. Uh, and then the, the time immediately after, uh, I think we were all in shock and we were all patriotic after that, that, that event specifically. But you look back, whether Oklahoma City, like I mentioned earlier, or uh, even the Vietnam War and how that started, and all the way back to World War II and the, and the uh, reasons that that started and probably beyond, uh, so many false flag events to feed the military-industrial complex, as Eisenhower warned us against. Um, so I'd like to know your thoughts. and. Um, I hope that you enjoyed that to the extent possible with some of the technical things that were going on there. But um, we'll be right back and we'll wrap up the show. Hey, Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. Let's face it, it's getting harder and harder to make ends meet. It's only going to get worse. This inflation is going to continue. As a matter of fact, our dollar is in jeopardy of even existing with the crazies that want to go to the digital currency to control us all. You can go to Kirk Elliott phd.com slash the Patriot Review get all kinds of free great information and invest in gold and silver for your future our world is full of electromagnetic fields that even though we can't see them are affecting our bodies our sleep and even our ability to think clearly the advent of 5G is only making this worse there is an answer Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patriot Review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation ebook free by clicking on its direct link 
also in the show description. Here's a nutritional hack anyone can master. Replace a meal a day with our kingdom feel. Or if you're a mosh in the gym, add a shake to your daily meal plan. Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber, 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fat, and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom Fuel is vegan with a complete amino acid profile. Bottom line, it's a simple start to a transformed life. No gimmicks, just results. Start today. Hey Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. So at the close of the show here, I want to play something that um, this was going around in 2022, uh, and I think it's it's worth revisiting because we tend to have a, a viewpoint of, um, well, there's other people that have promised to do certain things. They've taken an oath, and uh, I think as Americans, what has to happen is we all have to participate, and we all have to take this oath. So I'm going to show this piece Showed this back in episode 93 when I was digging for it. Um, but I hope you enjoy it, and I hope that you like the show. Thank you, everybody who has come on as a as a new viewer. I appreciate you uh, being here and watching the show, and I hope that you enjoy it. And going forward, I hope that uh, you get a lot out of it. So we will see you tomorrow. For the past two decades, petitions have been slighted. Our appeals have not been heard. They have been weaponized, having produced additional violence and insult. Our supplications have been disregarded. And we have been spurned with contempt by the very people who are supposed to be serving us. In vain, after these things, may we indulge in the fond hope of peace and reconciliation. There is no longer any room for hope if truth is not brought into the conversation. As Julian Assange said, Wars are created with lies, therefore truth will bring peace. If we wish to be free, if we mean to preserve, inviolate those inestimable privileges for which we have been so long contending, truth is the answer. We are consistently being told that we are weak, unable to cope with uh, such a formidable adversary, invisible to the eye and with no name. To accomplish this, we must adhere to the things we swore to protect. Those that have taken the oath should remember it. 
an oath is important. It's an attestation of what you stand for. There are two types of oaths one can take. I was employed in a defense plant, war plant, of course, but they were always called defense plants. That was the year of the national defense law, the law of total conscription. Under the law, I was required to take the oath of fidelity. I said I would not. I opposed it in conscience. I was given 24 hours to think it over. In those 24 hours, I lost the world. You see, refusal would have meant the loss of my job, of course, not prison or anything like that. Later on, the penalty was worse, but this was only 1935. But losing my job would have meant that I could not get another. Wherever I went, I should be asked why I left the job I had. And when I said why, I should certainly have been refused employment. Nobody would hire a Bolshevik. Of course, I was not a Bolshevik, but you understand what I mean. I tried not to think of myself or my family. We might have got out of the country in any case. I could have gotten a job in industry or education somewhere else. What I tried to think of was the people to whom I might be of some help later on if things got worse, as I believe they would. I had a wide friendship in scientific and academic circles, including many Jews and Aryans, too, who might be in trouble. If I took the oath and held my job, I might be of help somehow as things went on. If I refused to take the oath, I would certainly be useless to my friends, even if I remained in the country. I myself would be in their situation. The next day, after thinking it over, I said I would take the oath with the mental reservation that, by the words with which the oath began, ik schwere by Gott, I swear by God, I had understood that no human being and no government had the right to override my conscience. My mental reservations did not interest the official who administered the oath. He said, do you take the oath? And I took it. That day the world was lost, and it was I who lost it. First of all, there was the problem of the lesser evil. Taking the oath was not so evil as being unable to help my friends later on would have been. But the evil of the oath was certain and immediate, and the helping of my friends was in the future and therefore uncertain. I had to commit a positive evil there and then in the hope of a possible good later on. The good outweighed the evil, but the good was only a hope, the evil a fact. The hope might not have been realized, either for reasons beyond my control or because I became afraid later on, or even because I was afraid all the time and was simply fooling myself when I took the oath in the first place. But that is not the important point. The problem of the lesser evil we all know about. In Germany, we took Hindenburg as less evil than Hitler, and in the end, we got them both. But that is not why I say Americans cannot understand. No, the important point is, how many innocent people were killed by the Nazis, would you say? Shall we say, just to be safe, that three million innocent people were killed altogether? And how many innocent lives would you like to say I saved? Perhaps five or ten? One doesn't know. But shall we say a hundred or a thousand, just to be safe? And it would be better to have saved all three million instead of only a hundred or a thousand? There, then, is my point. If I had refused to take the oath of fidelity, I would have saved all three million. There I was, in 1935, a perfect example of the kind of person who, with all his advantages in birth, 
in education and in position rules or might easily rule in any country. If I had refused to take the oath in 1935, it would have meant that thousands and thousands like me all over Germany were refusing to take it. Their refusal would have heartened millions. Thus the regime would have been overthrown or indeed would never have come to power in the first place. The fact that I was not prepared to resist in 1935 meant that all the thousands, hundreds of thousands, like me in Germany, were also unprepared. And each one of these hundreds of thousands was, like me, a man of great influence or of great potential influence. Thus the world was lost. These hundred lives I saved, or a thousand, or ten as you will, what do they represent? A little something out of the whole terrible evil, when if my faith had been strong enough in 1935, I could have prevented the whole evil. My faith, I did not believe that I could remove mountains. The day I said, no, I had faith in the process of thinking it over. In the next 24 hours, my faith failed me. So in the next 10 years, I was able to remove only anthills, not mountains. My education did not help me, and I had a broader and better education than most men have had or ever will have. All it did in the end was to enable me to rationalize my failure of faith more easily than I might have done if I had been ignorant. And so it was, I think, among educated men generally in that time in Germany. Their resistance was no greater than other men's. There are two types of oaths one can take. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. There's my Bible right there. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly affirm. I do solemnly swear. 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 I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the United States against all enemies. Against all enemies. Against all enemies. Against all enemies. It's against all enemies. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. True faith and allegiance. And that I will bear true faith and allegiance. As you all well know, patriots assembled on January 6th at the United States Capitol to peacefully protest a stolen election. Approximately a million liberty-loving Americans stood in unity and exercised their 